Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Today is Monday, May 23rd, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 63, the last paragraph, beginning with, Next, we launched out on a vigorous course of action. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Terry F. S., The Twelve Traditions, Nancy J., and reading the the literature today are Terry H., Judy S., and Rebecca F. The share ID for Sunday, May 22, 2016, our special edition meeting titled The Doctor's Opinion by four panelist speakers is 8 Seven, five, eight. Eight, seven, five, eight. And the share ID for Friday, May 20th, is 8757. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, nor soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry F.S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Terry F.S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater from New Hampshire. The 12 steps. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people where... an wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. 
continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Terry F.S. I will now ask Nancy J. to please read the 12th edition. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Nancy J., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. And thank you, Nancy J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. And for readers, is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions and the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 63, the last paragraph beginning with, next we launched on a vigorous course of action through two paragraphs ending, if the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about value. First paragraph read for content and comments focus on the second paragraph read. I will now ask Terry H. to begin reading, please. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Next, we launched out on the course of vigorous action. The first step of which is personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though a decision was vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about value. So here we are at step four, um, and it's in italics, and now it's telling me it's, it's, um, it's time to take action. And I love this paragraph because it says take a, taking commercial inventory is a fact-finding, which means searching, and a fact-facing, which means fearless, and the process is the mission to continue with the rest, rest of the steps. And, you know, it says it's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. So in one object, it's just disclosed damage our unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly. So that's my, you know, that's my direction is to, uh, I have one object here and that's to disclose damage our unsaleable goods. And I'm a visual and um, I love, and I, I want to share this visual with you because this is really helpful to me. Um, so it's like if you cook a nice, uh, I'll say just for an example, a nice shrimp dinner um, and you have leftovers and you, you put that shrimp shrimp dinner in a container and you put it in um, into the refrigerator and every time you open the refrigerator you can see the container and um, and then you go to the grocery store and you buy you buy milk and meats and eggs and juice and water and all the things that go in the refrigerator and you have some help putting you know you have help putting groceries away and before you know it you know the milk goes in the front the juice goes in the front and that container that you put the shrimp in eventually goes back in the back of the refrigerator and you can no longer see it and you forget about it so every time you open the open the refrigerator you don't see it and then all of a sudden a week or two goes by and you open that fridge and you smell this ungodly smell and uh so i get to go in into that refrigerator search madly and fearlessly i get to find that container and now I pull out that container, um, I'm going to uncover, discover, and discard that container because it's no longer good. And 
and now I'm going to discard it into the trash. So that's, that's the same thing I'm going to do with this inventory. I'm going to get rid of the things that are blocking me. And um, those things are, you know, the manifestations of those things are, you know, resentment, selfish, dishonesty, and fear. And, um, you know, because they, they talked in a few pages back that selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem. So I get to, um, you know, take a fearless and searching moral inventory of what, what are the things that are blocking me. And, you know, I like to say that, you know, an inventory becomes a relief because the pain of doing it is a lot less than the pain of not doing it. And um, I'm so grateful for this this process and I'm so grateful for, you know, the inventories because it, this is where, you know, I got free and um, got some relief. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Terry. Anyone has a comment for Pops? Pops, this is not what we read. Kim G. Tina S. 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 Oh, thank you all for your patience. This is who I have. I have Kim G, Tina S, Larry K, Melissa C. Did I miss anyone? Minky. Minky. Amy E. Amy E. Christy G. Christy G. Okay. Alexis H. Alexis H. Yes, please. Okay, I'll repeat who I have again. I have Kim G, Tina S, Larry K, Melissa C, Minky, Amy E, Chrissy G, and Alexis H. Good morning to you, Kim G. Get us started. Good morning, Santa. Good ears, my friend. Good ears. Um, good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. You know, I was in OA for 17 years before I really opened up this big book as a textbook. So I was not unfamiliar with having done fourth steps, but I was very unfamiliar with the big book method of doing the fourth steps. So one of the things that was helpful to me was to look at my prejudices. What did I think a fourth step was and what is the big book telling me it is? So for me personally, some of my prejudices were that a four-step was simply an autobiography, telling my life story. It was a list of all the dirty, rotten things that I've ever done. I had to list my assets because I didn't want myself to feel bad about myself. That word thorough meant long, and I'm very competitive. So if someone wrote a three-subject notebook worth of a four-step, I wanted to write a five-subject notebook about it. Um, if I missed something and I didn't do it perfectly, it wasn't going to work, so I would sit in the fourth step for a long time. And I have to tell you personally, my one object was I was determined to make the person I was going to give my fifth step to hate those people on my fourth step as much as I did, and I was going to prove the reason why I had no choice but to eat. And let me tell you, with that approach, a fourth step isn't very effective. So what is the big book telling us? It is one object. There's many objects to inventory. Some objects, you know, if you work at a retail place, is to see how many pants you have and how many shirts you have. Sometimes it's to see what's selling best so we can make sure that our, that our business is stocked with that. But this object is to get rid of damaged and unsaleable goods. What is not working? You know, we're finding out that we're blocked from our power, so we have to discover 
and discard those things that are not working. So, for example, if I'm working in a in a entertainment store, for me to be selling VHS tapes and Betamax in 19, in 2016 is not helpful. Those are the things I'm trying to discover. You know, unsaleable. So, what is not what is not working for us? Promptly, boy, oh boy, that's totally different than what I did. I would sit in a fourth step for a year, maybe two years. I would be picking up the food left and right because who can stay in that crap and not eat? So I'm doing my fourth step while I'm drunk and without regret. Once again, if I'm writing, if I'm writing an autobiography, I get more invested in my story. I get more invested in my resentments, more invested in my fears, and more invested in my sex conduct. So it's not without regret. So no wonder my fourth steps didn't work. You know, on page 71, it kind of tells us the summary at the end of the fourth step. If you've already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, this isn't a life story. I'm trying to find out those things that are blocking me. You've made a good beginning. So the, the inventory process is not step four. The inventory process is step four through nine. And I often hear people are afraid to do the fourth step. Well, let me tell you, you should be afraid not to do the fourth step because you will eat again if you do not do this process. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Good morning, Tina S. Good morning, Santa. Tina S. Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm just going to repeat whatever was said already this morning. And, you know, that's the good news about this study. You know, we get to hear the solution, you know, that we're all doing one day at a time. And, you know, I too, you know, it says personal inventory. You know, this is pertaining to me. Nobody else. I'm all good about taking somebody else's inventory. But, you know, this is about my stuff, you know, and searching and fearless. And, you know, uh, when I finally got to the place of I was going to do this uh, fearless and thoroughly, it's after that I got drunk, after tr just sitting on it for a long time. And so now I came back uh, wanting to do something different so I could get something different. And, you know, and I was ready to listen for instruction. And my sponsor took me through this step by step. I was just first listing things and then calling back when I needed to go to the next step. And, you know, and it says, you know, a lot of the good stuff that I've just heard, you know, it's uncovered, discovered, and discard, and it is a process. You know, the fourth is just looking at what I don't want to be anymore, you know. And then I go on through the rest. You know, the fifth step talks about, you know, the best reason I do this first is because if I don't, then I may not overcome this stuff. And, and that's why the process is what it is. And, um, you know, and I have no regrets. You know, one of the things that I like about this paragraph is it tells me, it may not be what it says, but what I understand it to say is I must do this if I want to be successful. You know, it tells me I must do this if I want to be successful. And that I never have to do this person, I never have to be this, I never have to be who I was in that fourth step again. That's the good news. You know, also the bad news with the good news is if I don't do this, I'll be that same person, you know. So, um, and, and it's all through, you know, my, my personal experience. And, and I have an opportunity today to give this away to people that are afraid to do it when I say, hey, you know, it's just one step. You know, just listen to direction and write it down and, uh, and to get through it. You know, that's the biggest thing. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina S. Good morning, Larry Kay. Good morning, Santa. Larry Kay, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. So, the, you know, I, I think with this step, you know, steps one, two, and three, where I'm, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, learning about myself and, 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 and you know, looking at 
you know, the higher power and admitting my sense of powerlessness and all that. That was all felt really good kind of to go through some of that. You know, it was like building momentum. And I was getting more excited, you know, because I, I certainly didn't know what I didn't know about this process. When I got to step four, for me, it might be different for you, but I think my, my experience, from what I understand, is similar to some other people. It was like math homework. See, now I'm, now I'm taking this, this inventory, right, and I'm, I'm jotting things down. I was always good at conceptualizing ideas, and I felt comfortable. I've got to do some work. I don't like doing work. I want to skirt around the issue, especially when it's dealing with some, some things that may be bothersome to me. You know, it's like getting a, you know, going to the dentist. You know, can you relate if you hate going to the dentist? It might be that way for you. It was that way for me to a certain extent. So naturally, I didn't want to do that. Eh, maybe the first day I'll, I'll start it. I'll, you know, maybe, I mean, it gives us very specific instructions on what to do. Right. We're going to we're going to, you know, get these facts down and we're going to face them and we're going to have a process to go through the step four. And we got to do it quickly, you know, without I mean, without haste, we, we have to we, we, we move through this right away. That wasn't very sexy to me. You know, that wasn't very I, I wasn't motivated to go through that process. And so I for me personally, I picked up again and again and then I'm really I would sabotage myself. I didn't know that I was sabotaging myself, but just that was my MO. That was what I did. But, you know, the disease convinced me at some point that I would have to go through this process. I couldn't skirt around it. I couldn't half-ass it. I would have to go through this. And even though it was like doing math homework, I would have to proceed through this. And, you know, so some people will, will take my, you know, will go the way I did, which is I, I just don't want to do it. And other people will say, I'm going to do it better than anyone's ever done it before. And I'm going to sit here, you know, and I'm going to, it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to pay for, for all the, the sins of the past and I'm going to do the best four step ever. You know, it just tells us we have to face those facts and we have to get them down on paper. And, you know, when you go, when you get through it, then you move on to the next step. These are not plateaus. These are steps to be worked quickly. Yes, we're going to be thorough, but to, to be worked quickly. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. A recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, one of the things that just jumped out at me is that this is a personal inventory because, um, you know, up until this point, I was really good at taking everyone else's inventory. Um, I could see everything that was broken in everybody else, everything that was defective. Well, they're damaged goods. But um, mine, you know, I, I was like the queen of denial. I didn't see my problems until, um, until they were the only thing I could see. And, um, you know, and like, you know, we're told searching and fearless and, you um, you know, but what about in fear is one of your huge feedbacks? You know, it's hard to do something fearlessly when you're so fearful. And um, that's something that I found um, really helpful while, while going through this process. And, and when doing this with other people is, even though it says here, you know, do this so that we can get rid of, um, you know, those things. Um, we're not up to getting rid of them yet, you know, just yet. 
lay everything out. You know, I'm going to go in the closet um, and take everything out and lay it all out before me. And um, and that's like, you know, first things first. Let's just see what what it is that we got here. Um, you know, and um, yeah, my business was failing. You know, the business of me was failing. And thank God, you know, this step, thank God the steps are in the exact order that they're in. You know, it's no accident that by the time I'm doing the fourth step, or people are doing the fourth step, we are abstinent. We are sober. We're not using. And, you know, those things that are um, a problem become much more apparent because I couldn't take them away. You know, I couldn't numb out all my emotions, all the all the things that were really bothering me. And so, um, and, and it's really after... Um, I decide that I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna live my life according to to God and to a higher power. And so every time I got frightened as I was working on the fourth step and you know, and I'm fearful. That was my that was one of my big defects. I just would remind myself calmly that this is God's hand. This is my higher power's hands, I'm gonna trust the process. Thank you. That I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Mickey. Hi, good morning. It's Mickey W. calling from New York. So grateful to be on the line and for everybody here. Um, so step four for me has been um, a real process and a real uh, fact-finding. And, you know, it's kind of really simple. And as an addict, I make it super complicated um, trying to figure out every single aspect of where I've been selfish and trying to, like, make it just perfect so, um, you know, my sponsor's going to like it exactly the way I'm going to do it and it's going to be perfect and, um, you know, my perfection is just going to shine. And um, I've had the experience of doing this uh, four steps really quickly and um, getting it done and getting it, you know, moving on with the steps. And I've had another experience of literally dragging my feet and, uh, doing one line a day and one resentment a day, and it took me forever because I've got like lots of resentments, and it was so painful. I could, I, I just walked through this haze of pain for months and months and months, and it was, it was just so painful. And why do I need to put myself through it? Um, I know that the easier, softer way. Not the easier, softer way, but the bed. You know, the way that's really how the big book lays it out is not to you know, hang around forever and, and, and just, you know, the point is it's action and more action. It's doing it and just getting it done and moving on to step six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 and finally moving into 11 and 12 and passing this on to other people. And I've had the privilege of taking those four steps as well. And I'm so grateful for this process and the gift that we've been giving to this step. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Minky W. Good morning, Amy E. Good morning, Santa. It's Amy E. in Ohio, um, uh, recovering from compulsive overeating. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. I found that to be a really big statement. 
because I like to fool myself about the value of my resentment. It protects me. There's toxic people in my life, and they deserve it. They deserve my cold shoulder. They deserve the talking to that I gave them. Or um, my resentment is protecting me from being a fool. My anger and my hostility is protecting me from um, being vulnerable. Um, So I've got some of my character defects uh, tattooed with all sorts of reasons why I have them and why they're good for me. Um, Especially if somebody really hurt me and hurt my feelings, then I I consider justified. Uh, Later in the book, it'll talk about how self-justified anger, self-righteous anger is um, uh, deadly for compulsive overeaters and alcoholics and other addicts who are trying to recover from their addictions. I can't afford it, and I can't kid myself about the value of these character defects in my life and what they've done for me. But I don't know what they've done for me until I go through this process and see how my reactions were defense mechanisms to protect my understanding of the way life needed to go and what I wanted. Um, uh, which is why it's so good to do this inventory this way with these columns as we will learn going forward and looking at it from the perspective of how were we at fault and how did we get the ball rolling. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Amy. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Santa. I really appreciate your beautiful energy this morning. Thank you. I'm Chrissy G., a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I, the first thing I, that came to my mind when I heard this, and this is a, this is a new awareness for me, this go-around with, with this step, that, and, and I'm sure this isn't anything surprising to anyone else, but just the idea that I don't always know what, what's unsaleable and what's not. Like, I don't always know. I thought that I would just, you know, point, I would just say, I don't like this about myself. I don't like this about myself. I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of and, and that what would happen, what would happen is that they would just, I would work really, really hard at being better, at trying harder, at, you know, not hurting people, not being selfish. Like, try really, really hard. And and I'd be able to accomplish this eventually in step, you know, seven, and, and with God's help. But that I would be I would be there like really pedaling really really hard. And so when when I look at all of these things and I lay all these things out, it becomes very very interesting to me how God uses even the things that maybe I don't particularly appreciate about myself for good. You know my. I I can be I can be very um persistent. I could be very persistent and that could that could hurt people and it also could help people. And I think that God's going to going to let that stick around if it's going to be in the way to help people. And I think it's important to remember how much how much God has to say in what you what is valuable in us and what's not what he's going to keep and use and what he's not. It's like the free me from bondage of self prayer, you know, let me be useful to you, but just take away what's really blocking me from being useful to you and and the rest will will remain. So we won't 
become these cardboard cutouts of, you know, uh, spiritual perfection that we have in our really limited, finite minds. And I think that's comforting to think about because, you know, it's not all up to us, and it, it mostly is up to God. Thanks, and with that, I'll pass. And thank you, thank you, Chrissy G. And good morning, Alexis H. Good morning to you. Good morning, Santa. Can you hear me? I sure can. Hi, this is Alexis H. Um, I am uh, an overeater and anorexic from upstate New York. And when I worked the fourth step in um, in OA, um, I guess something that was going on for me at the time was I had gone through a period of restricting before I came to OA, and it brought up a lot of anxiety and depression. So I was just kind of riddled with anxiety and depression and was having a very difficult time just kind of um, staying centered on a day-to-day basis. And working the fourth step really, like, gave me relief. Getting stuff out of my head, getting it out on paper really helped, um, helped me kind of find, you know, those things that were going bad. I also, I'd heard that, you know, that it was this process of um, uncovering things and discovering things. And I like to, I think about it like surgery. Like I had something inside of me that was, you know, that that wasn't harmonious. And so it had to be dissected and taken out. And what's important though is that I don't stop there, that there's this, that I can keep going because um it's a process of recovery. So I uncover all this stuff that's going on inside of me and I get really vulnerable and, you know, exposed and I'm showing my character defects to my higher power and another person. And then I go through this process of recovery and I learn spiritual practices and I learn meditation and prayer and I learn how to turn to my higher power in moments of anxiety and depression. And those experiences recover me and help me to heal. And that's been so important to um, to the path that I've been walking. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was I I think other people on the line can identify with this. I definitely thought I had to do this perfectly and like be super thorough. And if my food plan wasn't perfect, then the four step wouldn't work. And if I forgot something, then the four step wouldn't work. And if I didn't too slow, then it wouldn't work. I said all these ideas that if I didn't do it perfectly, my higher power wouldn't be able to help me. And um, what has happened now is that, you know, I did the four step and did four through nine, and then I'll run into somebody and I get that kind of queasy feeling. And so I sit down and I, I write out the resentment or the remorse and take it to my sponsor and then I make amends. And seeing that happen in retrospect that I can, you know, redo or I can do amends or inventories for little things that I missed makes me made me feel so much better because I did not have to do it perfectly. So I'm really uh, grateful for the call. Thanks to everybody for being there and hope you have a good week. Thanks. Bye. Or I'll pass. And thank you, Alexis H. And thank you for everyone who shared the flow and staying within three minutes. Thank you so much. And if you're just joining us, we are on page 64. We are sharing on that first full paragraph that begins with, therefore, we started on a personal inventory. So we will continue. Who else would like to comment on what was read for approximately three minutes? Katie, Katie from Boston. Reva P. Katie G. from Boston. 
Penny Penny K from Connecticut. Marie B. Gail B. from Texas. Reva P. If you got that. Did you hear Judy K? Did you hear Marie V? Okay, this is who I have. And if I missed you, we'll we'll get you again. Um, the first person I heard was Charles H. I heard Leah Leah M. I heard Katie G, Reva P, and Judy K. And who else did I? Who else mentioned their name? Leah P. I heard Nessa R. Can you not hear me? Say your name again, please. Gail T. Gail T. Yes, I heard you that time, Gail T. Thank you so much. Marie V. Mm-hmm. One more time. Marie V. Okay, I don't think we'll get all these names, but we will do our best. If you all stay in three minutes, we'll get mostly, mostly everybody, hopefully everybody. Okay, I have Charles H., Leah M., Katie G., Reva P., Judy K., Nessa R., Gail T., Maureen M., I believe, I apologize if I get your last name wrong, and Vasa O. Good morning to you, Charles H. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Um, very, very grateful that you sound good up there. Um, Charles A. to recover compulsive overeater just for today, and I want to I want to swoop down, lock in on um, one object is to disclose damage and unstable unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly. That's another indication um, of, of doing of, of doing this inventory process, which is the first step. Um, in the inventory process very quickly and, and consistently. Um, so many people that, 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 that I talk to and, and they're willing, they're on fire, and we get to this part of the work, and then, I don't know, the fire just gets outed. But I could tell you one thing. I, I know for me I have a phenomenon of craving. Um, every time I pick up this big book, especially this, chap- this chapter, how it works, I recover. Every single time I pick it up, and I can't put it back down, and I don't want to put it back down. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of we agnostics when, you know, our southern friends, well, I I think it was our southern friend. deep down inside of us is the presence of God. Well, deep down inside of me, I could tell you ahead of time that there's more resentment. The more spiritual I get, the more I'll think about. And I like what that, that, that sister said about, what she shared about that was so good. We're not gonna get you're not. I don't care how much you're not gonna get everyone. You ain't gotta be perfect. Just get the pen to the paper and get busy. Put undress your mind on in black and white on paper, right? And turn that thing over because I see some people that's still in the food, paralyzed from fear. Um, we 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 beg of you to be fearless and moral. And with that, I pass. I know there's so much people that want to share. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Charles H., for cutting back on the time. Good morning, Leah M. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Thank you so much, Santa. Yes, so step four um, begins this process of unblocking. It's the first action step of the unblocking process, which is four through nine. And like it says here, a business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. And I kept going broke. (laughs) You know, I would do one, two, three, 
and then go broke. One, two, three, and go broke. Because I have a personal business. My personal business is the business of finding a way to live. Where I can have peace of mind, where I can have serenity, where I can have happiness. And if I don't do my inventory, my personal business is going to go broke. And going broke for someone like me was simply to go back to compulsive overeating, right? (laughs) Because abstinence is a physical solution. I have a spiritual malady. So the big book is now giving me an action step that's going to allow me to look into my mind and see the flawed thinking processes that I have. Because my whole life is based on the ideas I produce in my mind, right? All action is born in thought. I was the biggest obstacle to a better life. My thinking was the greatest obstacle. So step four uh, was this first action step where I was able to actually start seeing the real truth for the first time, the kind of personality I had developed through my years of living a life run on self-will. I always thought I was a pretty good person. I just ate too much. But the fourth step uh, allowed me to begin to see with the help of a sponsor that because of my character defects, I was making decisions based on self, which always placed me in a position to be hurt at a later time. And it goes on to say one object is to disclose damaged or unsellable goods. One object. There's a lot of uh, objects that go on in business inventories. One might be uh, to find out what you have, what you, what you don't have, what's good, what's bad. Uh, we're looking at one object, and that's the object we're looking at is to disclose damage and unsellable goods. Uh, what I don't want to keep. That, <laughs> the process of the inventory is talking about, it's designed to point out the character defects that are blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit. So damaged or unsaleable goods. I may have good qualities, I may, but that's not the object of this uh, four-step inventory. What is blocking me from that power that I so desperately need? And with that, I pass. And thank you, Leah M. Wow, if everyone like Leah and Charles has done can stay under the three minutes, we'll get everybody. So thank you so much, everyone. And next we'll have Katie G. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Santa. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Awesome. Starting my timer now. Good morning, family. This is Katie G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. Doing it one day more in Boston, Mass. Thank you, God. And, uh, Guys, I don't know what to say except do it. I mean, the thing is, all right, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that when I did my fourth step, it was super fun because it wasn't, right? But like, again, as I love to remember, this isn't Feel Good Anonymous. This is Overeaters Anonymous. And this is so different from therapy, and I'm not putting down therapy because that's every um, it has a role, okay? But for me, what was different is in therapy, I would go back and I would hash and rehash. Yeah, it was painful to grow up in my childhood. Absolutely. It was hard, JDG, and I'm sorry. But I remember looking at my therapist and saying, please, when is this going to change? Let me tell you, the buck stops here. You want change? You want the most dynamic change? You guys, the first time I did my fears inventory, I saw that I had never made a decision that wasn't based on fear. You want to feel devastation? Yeah, but you know what I did? I felt the devastation and went to a meeting, and you guys loved me through it. Anyway, I did meet. I asked God for help, and guess what? 
you guys, God has taken my life and for some reason transformed it into things I never imagined possible. So you want a carrot, or sorry for the food reference, you want something to drive you? Like I am telling you that the enlightenment that I get from doing the four step to see my responsibility finally. I have a choice. I am not a victim. I have a choice and I have a responsibility to live in the adult world. And guess what? I don't know how to do it. So I look at the causes and conditions of my continued angry and horrible behavior that I, on my own, am powerless to stop. But when I understand what selfishness is, what I understand what it looks like to live a life based on fear, and then to switch and live a life based on God, holy smokes, you guys, I can't even tell you, call me later and we'll talk about the freaking amazing amazingness. And the most fundamental, amazing, amazingness, and that's my word for today, is that KDG from Boston has a big smile on her face at 744 in the morning. And I'm not hurting myself with anorexia, bulimia, compulsive overeating, and guess what? My mind is not telling me to. Holy smokes. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what does. So I'm going to do it with you guys for one more day. God bless. And thank you, KDG. I'm smiling with you. Good morning, Reba T. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your power of example of amazing chairing. Um, so this is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Wanted to share on two parts of this paragraph, the uh, part that says personal inventory. I just shared a Step 10 turnaround yesterday with uh, a recovered member, and um, Step 4 is the beginning of that process where I learned that skill set. And I guess reading this here reminds me, this is about me. Because when I first did my um, first step four, it actually worked out very well because of the sponsor I had. But I didn't really understand it. And I made a list, I guess it is, um, as it says in the columns, I thought it was all about everybody else, about how everybody else had wronged me. And I was going to be able to tell somebody about all the terrible things that were done to me and woe is me and poor Reva. Um, And thank God that's just the very beginning of the beginning of the step four um, and that the process involves looking at my part. Um, So I now know that it's not about my sister-in-law who I shared the step 10 with uh, about. It's about me. Um, And then the good news is I get to get rid of this stuff promptly and without regret. This is the stuff that I binge over. This is the stuff that I destroy myself with. So understanding the futility and fatality of holding on and hugging these resentments and telling as many people as I can about how all these other people have wronged me, that's what kills me. Um, So I get to, this is good news, because if I am the problem, I get to take responsibility to change me, get rid of it, promptly, without regret, only when I get to the end of the process, which is by the end of nine, not in step four. Um, I have to go through the whole process. And um, it's amazing because I get to be free and not have all these like bricks and rocks um, around me and inside of me. With that, I pass. And thank you. Thank you, Reva P. Good morning, Judy Kay. 
Good morning, Santa. Hello, everyone. My name is Judy Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Wisconsin. The first time I did this inventory, it was I. It was I used this as a self-help to fix me up, but to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods. I thought I was damaged and I was unsaleable. And so what happened was I would do some inventory, then go back to eating, binging, beating the hell out of myself for what I found. Then I didn't like that, and then I would repeat that cycle again and again and again. So first of all, I was not 100%, I was not abstinent. I was abstinent from some of my binge foods, but not all of them. But, but I used that to beat me up. And I was, the, the other reason was I was going to fix, I was going to fix me up by um, um, going through this and looking at what was wrong. So, the, and so what a difference it makes to go through this abstinently and recognizing that the purpose really is to disclose those damaged and unsaleable things that were blocking the true Judy that was blocking me from my higher power expressing herself in me the way I was meant to be. And it's a fact-finding and a fact-facing mission, so it's objective. It's not subjective. I was to look at those things in me that were not working for me, that were hurting me, and that were causing me pain. Yes, it wasn't fun going through it even abstinently, but then I was on a true mission. I was on the mission to disclose those goods so that I could see how they were hurting me and um, not working for me in my life and to disclose my thinking and disclose how I was hurting others. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Judy Kay. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, recovered in Toronto, Canada. Uh, in step three, um, I became convinced that life run on self-help could hardly be a success and came to the realization that the way I had been doing things was not only not working for me, it was actually backfiring. When I made my decision in step three, the decision really implied that I was going to start doing things differently. So if I arrive at step four, looking to convince my sponsor that I am right, that I was hard done by, you know, that nothing is my fault and that I was justified in acting the way I acted, um, then something is wrong. Something is, is really wrong with my process because part of what was not working for me um, is, um, is what's blocking me from doing things differently, from doing things, you know, better so I can live a happier, contented life. And in step four, I'm just merely getting down to the nitty-gritty of what that means, of what that implies. Um, I want to get down to the causes and conditions, why my way of doing things was not working, why um, I was running on self-proportion. And if I am so stuck in the, but I am right, then, you know, I cannot, step four cannot unstick me. I have to let go of, of that, that belief of that. I have to abandon that idea absolutely. 
Um, otherwise, uh, I'm really not going to be able to, to um, identify and more importantly, um, admit and internalize, yeah, it's me. The problem is me. You know, it's my selfishness, it's my self-centeredness, my self-seeking, my dishonesty. So um, I have to be clear here that the person that I'm looking at is me, not the other person, not what they did. You know, none of that stuff really matters. The fact that I may be right is also irrelevant, you know, because the truth is that all of us are a little bit right and not a little bit wrong. And where did, I, where did that get me? Nowhere. You know, it got me unhappy. And it got me um, in an environment where everybody else was unhappy because of me. I need to let go of that. Uh, and I need to let go absolutely so that I can um, truly see uh, where I had been blocked and move on with the rest of the work uh, to a better life. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Good morning, Gail T. Good morning, everyone. This is Gail T. in Lockhart, Texas. Gee whiz, I remember doing this way back in 91. And, and the way that I did it this year is totally different. So in 91, what happened for me is it was really good to do the inventory. And what I recall is that I was able to share what I felt shame and guilt about with my sponsor at that time. And I remember after the fifth step how high I felt. It was just really great, and I was abstinent, etc. But I don't recall ever in my stay in OA and other 12-step programs ever going through the inventory or asked to go to my inventory like we do in Vision for You. But I don't remember. I remember selfish, fear, resentment, stuff like that. But I don't remember going through it like I did in this program. And what I would say to all the newcomers, this is such a wonderful way to do an inventory because it works. And the other inventories that I did in other groups always left out very essential life-changing aspects of how we do it in Vision for You. And um, so I, I look forward to you doing the inventory as we do it here and to be thankful for that. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Gail T. Uh, we have a minute remaining. Marie V., would you want to take that minute or would you want to go to the unrecorded hour and share? This is Marie V., and uh, what I have to say would take a lot longer. I'll just say that for me, step four was the first step I took toward freedom from a very tortured mind. And I did the step as my sponsor required, and this was an AA, and it took a long time before I fully understood what happened was happening and it did set me free 
I didn't have the luxury of waiting. My sponsor instructed me, this is what you will do. And within a few days of getting sober, I was directed to take the inventory. I did, and 41 years later, I am sober. It took me a longer time to surrender the food, but I am recovered. Thank you for allowing me to share. And thank you, Marie V. Wow, time flies when we're having fun. Thank you to everyone who shared. And Vasa, oh, I'm so sorry we didn't get to you. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of recording. We'd love to hear what you have to say um, following closing. Um, we will now close with the reading on the big book on page 154, followed by the serenity prayer. Would Judy S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only until, only, and keep you until then, please. Judy S., are you there? We can't hear you. I am here. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.